pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome uh, to another edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, guest co-host, Charles Etman of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. It's hot. That's a that's that's an understatement, sir. That is an understatement. Uh, today's high here in Baton Rouge is going to be ninety-seven degrees. You factor in the heat index, it feels like triple digits. Going to be one hundred and six degrees. That's what it's going to feel like. Uh, but all over the southeast and spreading, it's a heat wave. <laughs> Oh, my. Stay inside. Yeah, I, I will say, I was just looking at the weather. I kind of like to look at the weather ahead of time. And they said next week it's going to be even hotter than this. Highs in the triple digits, heat index at the maximum, like 120, 120 plus heat index starting next week. So buckle up, cool off, and uh, stay hydrated. You know, Global warming and climate change is a real deal. And for those who say, well, oh, it's it's just secular. It it comes and goes. Okay, you're entitled to your opinion, just like I'm entitled to mine. But it is real. I uh, want to say uh, for those who celebrate, and you should be celebrating, happy Juneteenth. That's tomorrow. And happy Father's Day. So I'm going to get that out of the way right off the bat of this show to tell you about, um, you know, enjoy yourself tomorrow. Stay hydrated. Relax. Enjoy yourselves. And um, I, I think about my father, Herbert C. Brown Sr. Uh, he is resting in power right now. So uh, for all those fathers, biological, non-biological, stepfathers, stepdads, we praise you on today and tomorrow. Well, the guest menu looks like this. Of course, Charles Edmund uh, joins us here for the show. Coming up at the bottom of the first hour will be the director of athletics at Southern University, Coach Roman Banks, is scheduled to join us. And then last but not least, Coach Van Petaway joins us on today's show. And with Coach Roman Banks, uh, we appreciate the time. And, and, and when you post on the guest menu when Coach Banks is coming on, my goodness, the reaction. Got about 20 questions just <laughs> from the audience. And of course, I have my outline, so I'm going to try to mix them in. And, uh, you know, we appreciate the time. And I tell you what, Charles, it's almost as tough a job as you have being the director of athletics. Yep. I mean, in today's climate with uh, still trying to get through the pandemic financially, trying to, you know, get on solid footing with that. And then you, you look at always, you know, trying to improve your program, hiring coaches. And of course, football is, is the big deal. And, you know, trying to keep up with the Sanders, trying to keep up what's going on with Jackson state and their improvements and the aesthetics and, trying to get the best athletes that you can get. I mean, I think Southern, and I've always been a, a Roman Banks fan. Uh, I've always been that, you know, when he was the basketball, I was, and I always share this story. You know, he was the basketball coach at Southern University. 
And uh, when the job was offered to him to be athletics director, I was actually surprised he took it. You know, I thought he might stay on the sidelines, but he did take the job, you know, and I think he's done a, a decent job in hiring coaches. And, you know, this big hire, hiring Coach Eric Dooley, we'll see how that pans out. I think that was a very popular hire. A lot of people were pleased with that. I think a lot of people were pleased with Sean Woods and the job that he's done so far. I mean, wasn't the greatest of years this past season, Coach Funches. So he's been busy, you know. He's had to hire a couple of baseball coaches, a softball coach. So he has been a busy athletics director, you know, and, of course, dealing with COVID and trying to deal with all that. So he's been busy, in my opinion, and I always share this with him when I see him at the championships. I think he's done a, a, a fairly decent job at just keeping the truck in the middle of the road because that's not easy to do in today's athletics. And also coming on, you know, sports talk shows, different shows. I, I think being transparent and, uh, you know, accountability, those are all qualities that you would hope all director of athletics uh, have. And, and, of course, it is a very tough uh, position uh, to have. But it comes with the territory. When you sign up for the job, that's the criteria. At least in my opinion. Um, here's what's trending on today's show. Southern University football finds success again via the transfer portal. And uh, uh, Jordan Carter, uh, Demetria Marcel, and Braxton Blackwell. Now, Jordan Carter and uh, Marcel, they're both defensive backs from Bowie State, a Division II powerhouse. Yeah, no question about it. Um, Coach Wilson leaves Bowie State, now at Morgan State. So you have several players. There's more. They're in the transfer portal. And so once again, Coach Dooley and that staff, they popping and picking, picking and popping, doing the work necessary to add the pieces. They do it through the transfer portal. And um, uh, later on in the show, uh, we'll have some, uh, some, some highlights. Of, of, of those players from Bowie State. And then also Braxton Blackwell uh, from the junior college ranks before then at Western Kentucky University. He's a long snapper. And Charles, I can't tell you how many people after the spring game said, oh, what happened to the snapper? Well, they lost the long snapper specialist. He transferred he's at jackson state so they were able to fill the needs and once again there you go needs versus wants you know i i understand you're looking for the four stars the five stars i understand but needs versus wants and they were able to get something that they very very needed and they were able to do it because special teams is a, is a third of the football program. It can lose your game. It can win you some games. And, and, and by the way, we saw that last year. You got a chance to witness it, Charles. Alcorn State. Southern University kicks the last second field goal. The snap, the hole, the place, the kick. All got to be on par. And they were able to, 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 to win the football game. So with that being said, that's one of the points that's trending here on the Coles Brown Show. Number two, APR scores are out by the NCAA. Uh, how well did HBCU 
How well did they do? And uh, I, I'm going to get the information referenced by our colleague, A.D. Drew of the Black College Sports Network. Uh, he produced a, a very outstanding article that kind of looks at the highs and, and the lows of some of those APR scores. We'll get into that as well. Um, last but not least, uh, just got this news this morning. Um, the former Alabama a football coach Roy Green uh, passed away. He won four SIAC titles in eight years. He was 83 years old. Uh, Mo Carter, uh, give him uh, credit for, uh, you know, letting me know that um, Coach Green passed away. Uh, Journey well. Uh, don't know much about him, but I'm sure Coach Petaway can give us some uh, a perspective on Coach uh, Ray Green. And of course, Coach Petaway joins us, uh, our number two, Charles. And I, you know, hey, he's going to, I know, wrap up the NBA Finals. Golden State gets it done. Once again, I'm wrong. Well, I won't say once again, but I was wrong. I, I'm right more so than I'm wrong. How about that? But uh, <laughs> Golden State gets it done. I said last week I, I thought Boston was gonna uh, gonna win it, but hey, never underestimate the hearts of a champion. And Steph Curry now solidifies his what what's the word I'm looking for his his place in in basketball history. And they're already coming out with these lists. Who's in the top 10? Uh, I got into a little bit of a controversy by Brian Fulford on Twitter. When um, Chris Brusso had his one through 10, right? All-time NBA greats. And LeBron was number two. Why did I dip my nose into that business, Charles? To me, <laughs> LeBron's not number two. You can't put him ahead of some of the other ones. Great. But, of course, maybe we'll ask uh, Coach Petaway about that as well. That's going to be putting him on the spot. But, but Charles, Golden State gets it done. Yes. Um, I think it was one of the great turnarounds that you'll see in NBA Finals history. If you're a Golden State fan, because they were down 2-1 going to Boston and everybody thought it would be 3-1 and then it would be over. Then you also saw one of the great collapses in NBA Finals history. You're up 2-1, you're at home, and, and Curry has a bad game. Draymond Green wakes up, and before you know it, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors find their, find their mojo. You know, it was it was quite interesting to me in the first early part of this series. It was, it was about Boston's defense really putting the clamps on Golden State a little bit. Now, in these last three games, it was about Golden State's defense putting the clamps on Boston. And um, so, but I, I think you can't underestimate championship experience. You can't underestimate guys who played together, grew together. And Golden State didn't panic. There's no question about that. You know, they were down 2-1. If they were down 3-1, I do think they weren't going to come back because I thought it was going to be hard to win another game in Boston. But I think for the Celtics, I think they played in the Golden State's hands, more of a perimeter game, didn't get in the post as much. They settled for jump shots. Jason Tatum, 
look, the kid is 24 years old, 23, whatever it is, his first finals. He clearly didn't get it done. He's going to have to learn from that because he is the face of that franchise. And where Jason Tatum goes is where the Celtics go. So, you know, he's got to learn from that. Um, he's got to learn from that experience. But, you know, Steph Curry, he's in that conversation as one of the greatest shooters we've ever seen, just deadly um, from beyond the arc. I mean, that Golden State team, they're built for another run. I do think they have another title or two in them. You know, Curry, Green, and Thompson are not getting any younger. They're in their 30s. I still think they have a two- or three-year window ahead of them. But then they've got the young kids, the pools of the world, and the loonies of the world that are just young, you know, young babies that are, that are ready to grow up. So I think Golden State's in for a pretty good run here. We'll see, though, because the West is going to get better. Phoenix is going to get better. Denver's going to get better. Dallas is going to get better. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But clearly, you know, Golden State, for a team that won, what, 15 games three years ago, for them to do what they did the other night is something special. Well, that's going to be interesting, Charles. Two, a three-year time frame, I would agree. Do they have more titles in the near future? You've got one of the best under 6'5 players in the history of the game. I don't know. I'm going to have to sit and think on that because I think in the Western Conference, you still – have Phoenix there. They, they're going to be better. Dallas. I don't know. Will they have two or three titles in their future or even one? And then I, I think on, in the Eastern Conference, they've gotten a lot better. That is a stacked conference. I wonder what Coach Petaway will have to say about that. He may agree with you, Charles. With uh, Golden State, but I, I will say, Carlos, that Boston—I think Boston's climb to the top is a lot steeper. Um, you know, your your Miami Heat are going to get better. You know, uh, Milwaukee's going to be there. Uh, you know, Brooklyn's going to figure it out. The you know, at one point you could say the West was stacked, but I think you can say now the East is stacked. You got a lot of Atlanta's coming, um, Philadelphia's coming. You got Milwaukee, you got Brooklyn, you got Miami. And, you know, this is Emi Udoka's first year in Boston. So, obviously, you know, he'll have to figure some things out. I think he got out coached the last three games of the series. But I think, you know, when you got a veteran coach that's like Steve Kerr and that team, you can kind of see that one coming. Um, so, I, I think in the East, for Boston, if you're a Celtics fan, your road to get back is a lot tougher than it is for Golden State, because the East is more stacked than the West, in my opinion. Well, it'll come down to some good competition. That's for sure, um, in the Eastern Conference and, and in, in the Western Conference. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to more of uh, the NBA Finals. Of course, Golden State 103-90 to 90 over Boston uh, for the 2022 NBA champions. That's uh, Golden State. Then the uh, APR scores are out. And that was one of the stories that was was trending here on the Carlos Brown show. Um, and we have a great article produced by A.D. Drew of the Black College Sports Network. It's, it's, it's long and it's efficient, the article. So we're going to try to, I'll just kind of 
pick out some of the uh, most important points, and they're they're all there. There are a lot of points, um, but um, the NCAA, the APR, is calculated as follows: each student athlete receiving athletically rate related financial aid earns one point for staying in school and one point for being academically in academically eligible. A team's total points are divided by points possible and then multiplied by 1,000 to equal the team's academic progress rate. In addition to a team's current year APR, it's a rolling four-year APR is also used to determine accountability. Now, a four-year average of APR of 330 is to compete in championships. So that's that's the minimum line. Among the 313 teams at 23 HBCUs, 13 of them had no teams which scored below the minimum standard of 930. Alcorn State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Grambling State, Hampton, Howard, Jackson State, Morgan State, Norfolk State, North Carolina A&T State, uh, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, Southern, Tennessee State, and Texas Southern achieve this feat. North Carolina A&T had the highest APR among all HBCUs at 978, followed closely by Howard, 977, North Carolina Central, 976, Jackson State, 973, Norfolk State, 971, and Hampton. Of the six schools that scored above 974 were public institutions. The 18 public HBCUs had an average APR of 963, and three private HBCUs had an average of 957. So that's kind of some of the background of the latest APR scores. And, and you can go and uh, read A.D. Drew's publication the black on the black college sports network um i'm trying to look at some of the other important um apr score scores he also says an article on the opposite end of the spectrum seven of the 23 hbcus had two or more teams to fail to meet the apr score of 930 with bethune cookman having four teams fall short in football, men's cross country, men's track, and women's tennis. Men's cross country and men's track fell below 900. Wow, with an 808 and an 877, respectively. Alabama State football, men's basketball, women's volleyball, South Carolina State men's tennis, women's cross country, women's volleyball, they all fell short. Then if we look in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, again, um, you look at Prairie View and the football, they were at 930, uh, FAMU, 904, and of course, Bethune-Cookman as well. So Charles, you had some good news, but you also had some teams that uh, need to improve. And of course, you had a kind of a, a delay of course of the pandemic that, you know, it kind of gave you, a, you know, an opportunity to improve your scores. 
But for the most part, across the board, you, you had improvement. But once again, some teams, some institutions, they have to uh, really be very careful going forward. Yeah, I think I think the one big thing in, on social media that people are ragging, you know, Florida A&M about with their football, you know, their football APR. And for me, I work with, you know, Dr. Jason Cables, now at Alabama State. He was at Alcorn mm-hmm. and working with that compliance unit to try to build that team to help keep the APR scores up. That's that's a challenge, by the way. It's not easy. And I know teams that are doing it and doing it well. But it's a it's a team effort. It's not just a one or two man shop to make that happen. Just to kind of give a little background on it, um, it's not easy. Um, and I think the NCA did the right thing by by not enforcing punishments this year because of the pandemic. But you know that's not going to continue. No. At some point, the the enforcement's going to pick back up. So I mean, for me, it's just. It's, it's a bigger challenge, I think, than a lot of people might want to, you know, put out there because, you know, you got players on the move. you got to have a kind of a cocoon-like mentality and keeping up with your student-athletes, making sure they're on track. Um, I read something on social media the other day. You only have, at some schools, you only got a couple of people dealing with those type of things. I think that's that has to change. you got to have several people in these units it's probably i'm gonna say 10 i'm gonna say even 15 and that might be overdoing it but if you want to avoid postseason bans if you want to avoid not getting that revenue then you've got to have more people on board to be able to make this happen so i'm not judging any any school because we were a part of that you know early on when montez robinson was the head basketball coach we were a part of that that whole apr deal and it went way back beyond you know before him so I, I know the challenges. And so when I mentioned Dr. Cable, of course, he was at Jackson State working with their compliance team. And he was able to get two $900,000 grants, one at Alcorn, and he was at Jackson State. He got one there to help bolster that shop. I'm sure he's probably going to try to do the same thing at Bama State, um, you know, to help bolster that shop, shop. And you talked about their scores. So they've got some work to do. I think we all can be better. I think we're all doing the best that we can. Some are doing really well. Some are struggling. And I think it's just a matter of getting the right people. As you always talk about quality and quantity, it takes a lot of people to keep those APR numbers up. It's not just a one or two man shop. It requires a bunch of people staying in constant engagement with your student athletes and their academic progress to be able to keep those numbers high. It is not an easy task. And I think maybe for Coach Bank, for Roman Banks, when you bring him on, maybe he can talk about that. Just the challenge of trying to keep those numbers up to stay out of trouble. Because it's not easy. I can tell you that just, just talking even with Dr. Cable when he was at Alcorn. So that's it's a challenge for everyone. It's not making any excuses, but it is not easy, you know, making that happen. And, and kudos to the schools that have done it and done it well. The ones that don't have some work to do and hopefully they can bolster their shop to be able to make sure that they uh, that they get out of APR punishment and not get the postseason bans because that's 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 a financial hit when when you don't go to the NCAA tournament or you're ineligible that's a financial hit that you take so there's just there's more ramifications involved with that. Well, let's look um, the, the follow on what you were saying. Let's kind of look back. I can specifically uh, mention and talk about Southern University. They had APR issues. 
I think one, you definitely have to invest in resources, personnel. Uh, I was talking to Brian Fulford and at FAMU. One compliance person, come on, you're not gonna be able to do that. No, sir. And, and Southern learned that lesson, Texas Southern, Alabama State, you've got to invest. And when I looked at, and I, this past week, I went and looked at uh, Southern's uh, directory, personnel. And yeah. I can tell you what, there's not one person working in compliance. I can tell you that. It's more. So whatever number you need, 15, 16, you know, you can't compare apples to oranges with the, uh, the, the, the power five schools. They can have 20 plus. But that's not realistic for low resource schools, HBCU, smaller schools. But no, one person? Oh, no. Hell no. You can have more than that. You know, so one, you got to invest in, in, in resources. Then two, uh, you've got athletes, not just the student athletes, but students in general. You know, more resources. You, you, you put them in. So, uh, we do have Coach Baines coming up, and um, you can always do better. And for those who, you know, have fallen short, there is a way to improve. And, and it's going to be strictly with the resources and hiring the right personnel, you know, in compliance. Dr. Cavill, talk to him all the time. And um, he, he kind of told me when, when Southern University was, was on um, probation or they had a tough times. You can talk to your peers, your peer institutions that have had success or who were in the same category as you. They were on probation, but they moved off of it. That's, you know, we're all in this together, actually. So yes, we can do better. And the the athletes, for those who are performing well, you know, they can even help out. Charles, you yeah. wanted to say something. Yeah, and, and here's here's the other thing. I think the NCAA is also, as much as, as tough as those punishments are, the NCAA is still lending an olive branch to, to schools to help them. There are grants that the NCAA, you have to qualify for those things. There are grants that you can apply for, almost a million dollar grants that can help you bolster your shop. And so, you know, like I said, Dr. Cable is able to get two of them at two different institutions at Jackson State and at Alcorn. That's almost $2 million to help bolster your, 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 your situation. So as much as the NCAA, as tough as it can be, they are also, they understand the challenges of some institutions to where they offer grants and offer funding to help you, uh, to help you do that. So I think that's the other thing that you have to that you have to look at. And, and I agree. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough deal. You know, even when you talked about Southern university at one point, was it, and you remember this probably better than me, there was over a hundred student athletes at Southern university that weren't certified. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you remember that, I mean, that was tough. And I'm like, is Southern ever going to get out of that? Because that's a lot. You're trying to deal with paperwork and trying to trace and track. That wasn't easy at that time. And I think they negotiated a settlement and they were able to get out of that. But, you know, I think, you know, that's a rare situation. You know, you had different administrations, different ADs, and you're trying to clean things up and figure out what happened prior to you coming on board. That was tough. And I, I felt for Southern 
at that time, but I'm glad they're able to get out of it and move forward. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not judging any school because every school, and we talked about this last week, you know, doing the best that they can with the tools that they have or don't have. You know, one compliance officer, whatever it is, I'm not judging that. That's tough. They obviously trying to do what they can with one. I think everybody knows that you need more than that, and hopefully they'll be able to put the resources going forward to get more than one. I, I think it probably, in today's world, Carlos, with APR and compliance, you probably need at least a half dozen at every one of our conference schools, at least, maybe more than that, because it's so more complicated, so much more paperwork oriented, and the numbers have to be right, or else you're not going to be eligible for the postseason. And Carlos, here's the other thing. I was told this a couple of years ago, the NCA might, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because of the pandemic, that if one if one of your programs are not eligible due to APR, it's gonna it could impact your entire program, not just that sport. So they might tighten the screws. Not saying they will, but I've kind of heard that in the grapevine prior to the pandemic, just to make sure that you're in compliance. Like if soccer can't go to the postseason, it's gonna impact your whole athletic program across the board. And I heard that that could be a possibility down the road. So I don't think it's going to get any easier. I think they really are invested in this, talking about the NCAA with this APR. And I think all of our schools have to be even more vested in it or else it's going to be some serious ramifications, even more so. Resources and the right personnel. Grants are fine and dandy. That's Lanyard resources and the right personnel speaking of the right personnel gonna take a time out when i come back i'm scheduled to join with coach roman banks the director of athletics at southern university i've got my list of uh points i want to cover with coach banks and of course i've got <laughs> gotten <laughs> maybe about 10 or 12 questions from the, uh, we'll put it this way, from the audience. I'm gonna have to do a perfect situation of mixing and matching. And uh, I guess I better get started. So with that being said, take a time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. Free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only 
Mobile Cigar Lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Star Backyards Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Now joined by the Director of Athletics at Southern University, Coach Roman Banks. Coach, good morning. Happy good morning. day before Father's Day and happy Juneteenth. How you doing, Coach? <laughs> thank you for all of the thank you for all the above. Back to you as well. <laughs> well, Coach, I was saying before. We got you on. Once they hear Coach Banks is coming on the director of athletics, you get about 20 or 30 questions, plus my topics I wanted to uh, go over. Uh, you don't have an hour and a half, do you? <laughs> no, we, we need it. I, I, I really want to be respectful and try to get it get a little in the day before to give you an update on what's going on. But I think that we do probably need to schedule that time at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate the time uh, to today. And so we'll, we'll jump right into it, Coach. Of course, the Bayou Classic had a, a, an announcement. Um, I, don't, I, I won't say an official announcement, but some news broke about the Bayou Classic. Uh, can you give us an update on on uh, what's going on with the Bayou Classic, where it's going to yeah. be broadcast at the time? Yeah, so uh, I know a lot of people probably uh, read into the article that was printed the other day, uh, my statements, and and realized that, uh, you know, that there's a Bayou Classic Committee, so there's a Grambling side and there's a Southern side, and uh, uh, Al Harrell is, is the chairman from our side of, of the foundation uh, at Southern University, but uh, we are going to uh, NBC. 
Uh, we're not we're leaving the affiliate channel, which is good. We'll be a uh, national-wide channel. Uh, we'll get a chance to get into a lot of homes. Uh, but what was incorrect, someone, and I'm not sure who did, uh, published the 1 o'clock starting time. In okay. which we have some which we have some concerns about the one o'clock starting time. And so to be very honest with you, one o'clock is not our preference. When I say our, that means Southern University and my preference. Um, just because of some of the facts that we stated uh, as it relates to to the game being so early and people trying to they have scheduled events going on that day. And and we want to make sure when those cameras paying uh, the stadium that it is. Uh, what the Bayou Classic is known to be one of the largest events, uh, you know, as it relates to bowl games and, and not wait to halftime before the crowd get in there. And so uh, we are still going back and forth on the start time. Uh, yes, they did offer one o'clock time, but we still uh, are negotiating that time if we possibly can. Not to say that it won't go, that it will, uh, that we can get past the one o'clock time, but we are hoping that we can. Coach Banks, how confident from your perspective, Southern University's perspective, um, that you're negotiating the time that you're confident that you can get it to, to 4 p.m.? I'm not very sure we can get it to 4 p.m. Uh, maybe we can meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, uh, and I know that perhaps our other counterparts are probably fine with one o'clock. I can't speak for them, uh, but I, I really would like for it to start, uh, you know, at that four o'clock or even at three o'clock. But once again, um, we have we do have a better contract uh, with NBC, uh, uh, which is very very good for both universities. Uh, to be honest with you, is that you know we were we were paying at one point for this coverage in which I always mm -hmm. felt like that uh, whoever negotiated that, uh, we really got messed over because actually I really think that there should be a payday out for both universities for that television right. But nevertheless, uh, uh, I'm really not sure, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not in that those meetings every day right now about the start time. And so uh, uh, it trickles down. Uh, as they negotiate in that time. So hopefully we'll see. Uh, uh, I express what I thought, and we'll see how that works out. Coach, you you mentioned a, a, a nice contract. I know you can't get in specific specifics, but is this a new contract? Will it be multiple years on NBC? It will be multiple years. I can't get into the Pacific, but it'll be somewhere between and once again, we all in the middle on that. Uh, once again, it'll be okay. between two and four years. Okay. Uh, visiting with Coach Roman Banks here on the Coles Brown Show, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Um, I guess we've cleared that part up about the Bayou Classic updates. Uh, you guys just had a SWAC spring meeting, correct, Coach? Yes. Yes, um, we just had it this this week, just finishing up on a very good meeting. Okay, um, what if if you can? What are or some of the uh, highlights that um, you guys discussing that you can share? Well, let let me say this to you: is that uh, 
I'll give you a quick synopsis and, and so you so you can take it or look at it from your lens is that um, we are actually growing to be, and this is no respect, uh, a different conference. Uh, I think with the leadership of, of Commissioner McCullen that that we won't be looked at as the same little swag conference. This conference is starting to get in a little swag. We're starting to get great sponsorships and we're starting to get TV contracts. And this conference that was operating on a small budget, actually gonna start operating probably on a budget somewhat like the Sunbelt Conference. And that just speaks to leadership and it speaks to, to bringing excitement on our campuses uh, with our hiring of all our new coaches and, and adding sports and upgrading facilities. And so uh, uh, when I first came in, I remember where uh, from a conference standpoint, we wasn't getting a disbursement. Disbursement mean you join a conference to get paid from the conference. And, and now, um, you know, leaving the conference, the commission was able to, to do it the right way and pass out checks to each school that helps make up uh, their athletic budget of, 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 of uh, I would say, I want to say several thousand, but I say a couple of hundred of thousands of dollars, which can go a long ways for all our campuses. So we'll start to trans into this unique space where people actually want rights to our uh, uh, games, television rights. And, and our commission is well on the way of probably landing probably some great news about uh, us taking over between ESPN and another entity, uh, 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 a TV contract where they want to show our games live. And so what happens now is that uh, each campus is going to have to, uh, I call it, going to have to step up to the plate and take care of their business uh, to remain, um, you know, in the top of our conference because this is definitely changing. I think that we will surpass uh, the Southland Conference and conferences like that, and we are heading in that direction right now. And uh, just may be that uh, I could see us, you know, in the next five to seven years talking about being FBS. Hmm. Interesting. Charles Edmund, we've heard kind of the commissioner talk of, you know, well, his thoughts on maybe elevating up as a conference moving, moving up. So maybe this is kind of the direction that uh, now that the conference yeah, so, is going to. So when you start thinking about it, uh, besides take the power five away, but when you start talking about matchups such as uh, Southern or Grambling, uh, such as a Southern and, and FAM, such as uh, uh, Grambling and PV, uh, Jackson and, and, and FAM, uh, when you start looking at attendance across the board, um, we are not shy to be represented very well. And as we continue to put those type of products, the good teams and products on the field, uh, uh, you know, we find ourselves being right there behind the power five as it relates to attendance. And so, which is not a bad thing. I just think that we know part of our problem is, is investing into infrastructure and having sustainability on your campus, uh, the academic side, because what happens now is that you're gonna have to invest into areas that 
probably historically black colleges didn't invest into uh, because you can't stand for, you know, your teams to have the mark of being APR probation, uh, you know, not keeping records and filing records to work the right way. And so I call it the infrastructure of the campus, right? Southern University was the first one to go through that. And I, you know, and it was pretty bad. Luckily that we were able to work through it. And now I see ourselves coming out of it. But these are the investments that we're going to have to make. And, uh, and everybody's going to have to play their role from the campus standpoint and the, and the conference office standpoint. But the conference office don't solve those problems. Uh, uh, it's really the campus responsibility. Well, Charles, if you have a question, you can um, ask Coach Banks. Now I'm going to line up uh, Coach. Remember I said about mixing and matching. And you were talking about resources, <laughs> how you have to get things done. I'll look at some of uh, my questions I got before the show, and they will line up right with what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Coach Banks, uh, Charles Edmund here. Good, good to see you. Um, we hey, were just talking, Charles, was talking in the last segment before you came on with the new AP, with the APR results that just came out. And some schools are doing really well and some schools and some sports are struggling. And, you know, I'm not judging. And I know it's, and you just talked about that, how schools are trying to do the best that they can with the resources that they have. And I, we talked about your school, when you came on board, you talked about, you know, you know, this, the student athletes, the football players weren't certified. You had to go through a whole bunch of heck, you know, to kind of get out of that hole. And I, I really have a lot of respect for you and your administration because I was worried, would you stay in that situation for years and years to come? You worked it out, got some sort of settlement, and now you're on the other side of it. How important is this now, considering you know, there was a waiver in terms of not punishing teams that were below the threshold, but you know that's not going to continue. You know that enforcement's going to pick up again. Can, can, can you talk to us about that? If there was no punishments for APR violations this year, will it continue next year? Or are we, are we back to business as usual now that these new numbers are out? Well, so I, I think that uh, in all fairness, uh, I met with my staff and I told them that we need to be ready for tomorrow. And what I mean about that is that though we know that the NCAA gave some relief in forms of a waiver, but you just know that's going to go away, right? And so uh, the NCAA is in a space where they're trying to define all this uh, about when things are going to go back to normal, but we have to be ready for it to go back to normal tomorrow. And so we want to make sure that we are doing uh, our business the right way. So whenever the NCAA make the adjustments, uh, that we that we don't catch ourselves in any penalty phase. Now, obviously, COVID devastated everyone. And so I think that uh, uh, that the NCAA understands that and maybe that that couple of couple of years will always be on the book where they'll give us relief from that. But as it relates to your, your multi-year school, I think that they're going to want to see you having that 930 going forward or, or some type of mitigating circumstances that give you another option. Uh, you know, in, 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 in all fairness is that um, we have to make sure on all campuses, I say all campuses, HBCUs, is that what I have found is um uh, so they're getting ready to let someone go in financial aid and they 
they've been around a long time and they want to move them over uh, to the academic side, uh, uh, say admissions uh, on campus, and they want to move them to the academic side and say, hey, would you take them in athletics? Well, athletics uh, certification admission process is totally different from the university. And so uh, people have to understand that those are totally different rules that you have to that you have to abide by. Uh, uh, a person just because they're advisor on campus don't even understand the 20, 40, 80, 20, 40, 60, 80 rule at all when it comes down to student athletes. And when you start talking about just putting them over there because they're in a different position, that totally puts you in a losing situation. Uh, they don't understand if if a kid say he's in uh, in business, uh, though he's on the records in the athletic department, if he's not on the record stating the official holding places in the registered office, if it's not on file there, but he he then say come in, yeah, he got business and got his his progress toward degree in business, but it says uh, communications in in the registered office, he's ineligible, and so you have to have people that's totally qualified in these areas. And I think people thought athletics, you can just put people in athletics and then just move on. But uh, that's not the way athletics work. This is really a sophisticated business. Uh, uh, you know, people see us just from the perspective, from a fan standpoint, but they don't understand the everyday struggles. Uh, you're talking about uh, a compliance person. A compliance person have to come in uh, because you – because you you are a lawyer don't necessarily mean that you can come in and know NCA compliance right away, right? <laughs> so you have to know the terminology for compliance and hopefully you have those years of experience dealing with that. And so uh, this is just about, and I think the good thing about Southern University that we got educated, the president was able to get educated, our board was able to get educated as I continue to lead and advise what direction we need to go in because it, it really took that process for them to understand how athletics work. Well, somebody said earlier, resources, one, and the right personnel. And I think you yeah, hit it and, right and, there, and, Coach and Banks. And when you, say, when you say resources, so let's talk about sustainable resources, right? Uh, you have to have resources that's going to sustain you for a period of time. And I think a lot of times we jump in there and, and, and even uh, with a grant, uh, we were able to get ourselves going with the grant. But after the grant went away, we had to continue mm -hmm. to play for those salaries. And so if, the, if we didn't have the sustainability, then that goes away. You back into the same corner. And so mm -hmm. I, I often make sure that we put the defining word in front of it, sustainability resources. You just educated me on that one. I'll have to remember Coach Banks to use that to stay. <laughs> hey, you, you, you have to learn. And uh, if you don't know, you get the people on who do know. Now, right. with that being said, and, and, and Coach, that, that segment right there could be worth two hours of discussion. But of course, no question I know we don't have two hours, but uh, – <laughs> Let's let let let's move on. Um, I, I got I got about six or seven questions, and I have to pick one. I can't read them all. Okay, Coach, this is uh, from Varick. How are we addressing the Title IX situation 
with permanent dressing rooms for softball and any news on field turf and drainage for baseball in indoor batting cages. Yeah, so uh, let's be honest with each other. You talk mm -hmm. about millions of dollars that we need to have, right? And so mm -hmm. uh, these are long-term projects that we are nipping at year by year. We put a lot of work in the softball last year. Uh, you know, we created the soccer field a couple of years before that, Jaguar Park. Uh, we're in the mix right now of creating a locker room for uh, the softball team particularly, and they were gonna, they're actually going to be playing uh, in Mumford Stadium. I mean, the soccer team actually going to be playing in Mumford Stadium this year. Uh, but these are uh, a lot of projects that we continue to have to find the money for and to, and to make sure that we can address these projects. And so uh, there is a short-term plan and a long-term plan that we have to make sure we're doing something each year uh, to try to help our situation for our student athletes. Uh, fortunate enough, uh, Title IX and uh, I'll uh, evaluate from Title IX, we've been able to put a lot of resources in Title IX and, and uh, we don't have a Title IX issue or problem because they see uh, the athletic department projected plan. Uh, but these are some things that I would love uh, uh, and, and, and hopefully um, you know, it's, it's my, 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 my hope and my prayer that I can, uh, upgrade all facilities and, uh, and, 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 and where this, all our facilities is take on a new look. Uh, we're getting ready to, the track will start, um, next week. Um, if you've been by the track, they, uh, uh, you can see that they started pulling up the old track. Uh, that's a, that's a million dollar project. And, we were able to, uh, my partners, the foundation and, and Coca-Cola was able to provide me assistance um, to do that, to do that project. And so I got to continue to look for corporate sponsors uh, uh, to, to help us do major renovations and major projects until we're able to get some type of uh, state funding and they go through all the levels of priority to get some of this stuff done as well. And so uh, we're working a lot of different ways uh, to upgrade our facilities and to beautify our facilities. Uh, Care South done a great job. Uh, I asked them to do some things to baseball uh, facilities to make it look better, uh, as well as auction to make banners and stuff around Mumford Stadium. So we kind of addressing everything in totality where we can kind of continue to upgrade our facilities. but. We plan on trying to make that outfield better in baseball because that's a top priority right now because when it rains, we can't really, really play because of the level of the field. But that's also, when you look at it so people can understand, that's not just a baseball issue, that's a university issue because the roads sit higher than the stadium and the water runs down. And so it's just not that easy to talk about grading it out and fixing it. We got a huge problem that we need to address because you go out there and just talk about leveling, it's still going to run water on the field and, it's, and we're going to spend thousands of dollars and not get the effect that we want. So, Coach, with the um, capital campaign, what, 79.980 million, um, your thoughts, thoughts on, on, on that and included in that project, 
will be some uh, athletic improvements, um, indoor practice facility. How, what's the time frame? Are we looking at 10 years? Uh, Five to 10, at least to start on some of them? Yeah, I, I would like to say I like to say start the project three to five years. Uh, okay, and, and uh, I like to say start that project, and uh, obviously we know uh, uh, that that our representatives in the in the Senate has been very well by already securing some dollars for different bu uh, buildings on campus, and so we're working also with uh, a couple of major partners of business around the city to invest some dollars into that facility. We, we, we would like to do the wellness center first, the practice indoor practice field, because uh, we have that can address a lot of issues for all sports, right? Mm -hmm. When it's raining, uh, baseball and softball can go in there. So it's just not really a football facility. We're looking to have um, a, a volleyball area on the other side of it where they can practice uh, and so that that's a that's a multi-purpose building, and so uh, if if I had my way, that's something that I'd like to see happen, you know, in the next five years. We're visiting with Coach Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Uh, Coach, I can see where this is going. We're, we're definitely going <laughs> to run <laughs> run out uh, out of time because. But but what we need to do, Coach, seriously. Twice a month, and I know you know. A lot of times, I contact you. You're out of town. You're busy, but we, we right. need to at least set up something at least twice a month because whew, this is a lot of pressure trying to get yeah. satisfy everybody. And you know, somebody's going to be like, "Well, you didn't ask this question, didn't ask that question." But well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what we can do to make it more consistent. Yes, sir, and um, I, I appreciate that. Um, Tennis, men's tennis, coming back. I I, I kind of heard that in a in a discussion. I won't reveal where I heard it at, but uh, uh, men's tennis coming back. Yeah, so men tennis, we we have already started the hiring process for men tennis, and uh, so we're starting to recruit the calendar year ahead to be ready for next season, and we're also about to. Um, uh, we getting started uh, next week to start interviewing for our golf program. And so we're going to have uh, men and women golf as well, uh, where we can start, where they can have a year uh, to recruit and, and be ready to go uh, in the next in the next fall. So uh, we're looking forward to bringing, bringing on uh, three sports, three new sports that we uh, that we once had. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. and I know due to due to budgeting reasons and and uh, before my time that they end up taking those programs away. Uh, but but once again, uh, you know, we think that if we're going to be uh, uh, one of the top caliber schools in our conference, then we need to be able to offer the majority of the sports uh, that everybody have in our league. And, and obviously we down a few sports. So, uh, you know, we want to make sure we put it out there. We already have the facilities. This is not something that we have to uh, reinvent the wheel. We had it before. We need. We do need to make it uh, um, more improved. 
and we're thinking that our partnership with Brick is definitely going to help our golf program. Uh, we had a tennis facility, so this is something. Uh, and once again, uh, thankful to the board, thankful to Dr. Belton uh, that they saw fit and know that uh, uh, something that we need to add um, and, and able to put a structure to it that'll help us get more student athletes on campus. <laughs> Well, that is a good thing, uh, Coach Banks. I, I kind of heard about uh, men's tennis, but I learned something new again today. See, I have a couple of things I've learned today about uh, <laughs> golf, and, and, and that's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm looking for one. I had a specific question. Oh, here we go. And it's pertaining to, and Varick says, why we don't offer season books online, and why do consumers have to come to the box office to pick up season books i know previously you were on talking about you were trying to update that situation what's the latest yeah so once again that's us working with the university uh we've been after this for the last couple of years and uh, i want to say trying to pick my words so i won't i don't you know won't, don't want to throw anybody on the bus but there are a lot of information that require uh, us to add the piece from merchant codes to, to other things that's needed for us to partner with the company. The bill is paid for, but we got to get other information that we don't have that's financial for the university uh, so we can build it into the system. And at that point, uh, we can start moving forward. Uh, I certainly uh, don't like how, how long it's taking uh, but this piece, Arctics, will help us be a better athletic department. And, uh, and we've been, we've been uh, working to try to bring Arctics uh, since you and I spoke. Uh, that was one of our original goals. And so I'm hoping that we can at least introduce it in August. You'll be able to sit at home, get your tickets, you know, to go straight to your phone and do the things that, I, that, that, that we really need to be doing um in this day and time uh, and i think that it uh increased sales and participation and people don't have to come on campus those days are over with i keep preaching that i keep saying that uh but it's a you know it's a lot of things that have to change so everybody can be on the same page going forward mm -hmm. and uh uh and and once again that's one of the things athletic wise that uh, we are the athletic program, but a lot of things, Ticketmaster, state rules and regulations are all tied in, not just from athletics and, and the financial source are tied in across campus that we have to change a lot of, a lot of ways we do business so we can be a better athletic department. And so it is frustrating to know that, uh, you know, we invested into this piece. It'll help us with development, uh, being able to communicate, um, with alums, athletic alums, this is a great free, uh, feature that most mid-major universities have, and uh, and I'm just sorry, and I apologize to the fans that we haven't been able to move this fast uh, faster. Uh, but trust me, every day I'm trying to 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 push this through, and uh, hopefully that we can introduce it uh, this August, but be ready to go with it by next season. Visiting with Coach Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Um, Coach, you've kind of we've 
talked about several things. And, and once again, I appreciate um, the, the time. The excitement with Coach Dooley and the football program, I know uh, that excitement should relate to uh, hopefully better numbers as far as season tickets. But just overall, talk about the excitement because quite honestly, I know athletic department, all sports are important, but football with the with the change, how has that uh, related to as far as excitement and hopefully success? Well, you know, to be honest with you, um, uh, the excitement has carried over much more than I would have imagined. I knew that Coach Dula connected a lot of dots, but I can look at our ticket sales even with our outdated practices, people are calling and coming up uh, trying to get season tickets, which is a good thing for us. And uh, and just a few years ago, you still got to remember, we finished in the top 10 in attendance at our level. And so I'm still looking to, to push, uh, you know, to be at, at the top of that again. And so, uh, and I think the president of Coach Dooley would do that. I do think that, uh, He's a seasoned coach and that he, he will be able to come in and uh, uh, attract uh, uh, fan base because his style of play, uh, people know him. And I think uh, uh, that it'll lead into some positive uh, wins for us as well. And so this has been very uh, exciting time for us right now. Uh, just everybody from, from uh, sponsorships, and everybody want to be a part of the process. Uh, you know, you always, when you hire new people, is always a challenging, a challenging issue. And uh, you know that uh, you can't please everybody, but you like to put your best best foot forward. And uh, and just like I thought, without playing any games right now, you know, we have seen that in our numbers of participation and our excitement. A lot of football alarms have come back. Uh, that I was hoping it would it would ignite that base as well, and so from young to old, and uh, and you could see uh, a different a different approach on that campus when it comes to football right now. And uh, I don't know if you've seen it uh, about the 400 student athletes that they had for camp. We haven't had that in a long time, and so you could see that uh, he's putting his imprint. Uh, you know, of his hiring uh, uh, on Southern right now, which is great for us. And, and hopefully that it would just trigger over to some exciting times on game day. And, and then too, Coach, I think to follow up on that, you, you have, and I talked to a few, but a lot of alums that are outside Louisiana. And I think the excitement uh, will be there as, as, as well. And also, how about the gold helmets? Uh, I've been asked about gold pants, all kind of stuff. So I guess that is excitement. But Coach Banks says, yeah, but I've got to pay for this. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate everybody that was in, uh, you know, helping out in that campaign. And, and, uh, and so I will say this is that uh, if you know Coach Dooley, uh, uh, you don't know what to expect, right? And so uh, I think that we have a lot of new things. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but he gonna have a lot of versatility when he decides to wear what he want to wear. Uh, the drip the game, and I, 
and and I know that I know that uh, you know we're doing colors for games, uh, but uh, Coach Dooley uh, won't next team won't necessarily be in the colors because Coach Dooley like to pick the colors as he get a feel the day before the game and all that. So uh, uh, you can look forward to those gold helmets. I don't know how many times you can look forward to the white helmets. We're working on another helmet, so uh, we got. Uh, a couple of new looks in and so uh you know i don't get off into that i i, I kind of make sure we raise the dollars and try to get the dollars there that we need uh to make our student athletes feel good and so uh he's gonna have an option uh to do a lot of to look a lot of different ways which i think is gonna be exciting for our fans well charles this is interesting uh coach Banks says he doesn't get into all that but i still Believe this. Now I'm going to switch over to another sport. Can right. you tell Coach Woods to stay off that court? He's going to – I'm so afraid that the officials are going to <laughs> call a technical on him. He's into the game. And then I look, Coach Banks, I saw you. Uh, I saw a little excitement uh, at the basketball game. All once a coach, always a coach. <laughs> coach Banks, I saw you getting excited. <laughs> yeah, I just think that um, you know, and I, I'm and you know I'm transparent, right? I speak to our coaches, I speak to our fans. I just think that you know, every once in four years we need to be in a championship game. I think that we invest into our programs just that much. And uh I do I do think that uh men's basketball have put themselves in a situation where there should be a lot of expectations this year. Hmm. I'm going to leave it at that, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Charles, I, you know, I, I, I was going to ask the question about uh, the men's basketball program, but then the women's. But I guess we'll – Coach Banks say, save that for another time because, hey, look, you're the former basketball coach, so I think you're going to look at that. Now, this is just me saying this, Coach. I think you're going to look at that with a critical eye. Not that you don't look at the other sports, but uh, basketball, true to your heart, correct? <laughs> correct. So, I, I, uh, like I say, I just think that the expectation is very high this year. All, all right. Charles, close us out. And well, Coach I mean, Banks has given us a lot of time. I think I know why he's saying that about men's basketball, because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They probably picked up one of the most important transfer pieces in the in, in the conference in this offseason in, in ATN, a transfer from Texas Southern, one of the best guards in the league. So I com can completely understand why he feels that way about his men's basketball program. You know, I, wa I want to go back to what you talked about as far as the whole ticket structure and the ticket portal, you know, all of that. And I, I'm very familiar with what we're doing over here with Ticketmaster and, and Impact Tickets. That process is not easy. And just to put everybody on the same page to make it user-friendly, that is a process that, uh, that is not an easy one to put together. You talked about you know, trying to modernize it. That, that's not an easy thing, and, and that does take time, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes a lot of time. Obviously, they, you know, even you know, who you go through as your bank with your ticket master, you, know, you have to show them your, your taxes from your back taxes from a few years and you have to make sure all merchant codes are lined up and um and so there's a lot of things you have to make sure because it's a state contract with Ticketmaster 
And then you come in with Artics, who is a subsidy ticket master, and you have to make sure that you bid that part out and did a lot of things. But like I say, we are past that point. Our point is simply documentation, making sure that we get that we're getting everything we need from the back of the campus to transfer uh, to Ticketmaster so they can load this and build this in. And so once we get all that taken care of, we can move forward. But I never thought that this process would take going on going on three years. I guarantee you that. Well, Coach, the next time you come on, and again, we, we like to kind of set that up to get you at least, you know, I know when the football season starts, it, it, it gets hectic, but to get you back on, we can go on specific uh, points of future football schedules. Uh, and by the way, uh, here on the Black College Network, they have a show called The 80s Corner that's coming up, and uh, they say they can schedule a Southern segment whenever you're ready. I think that would be a good thing because, again, Coach, on this show, you have all alums from different institutions in the conference. So I, I think that's just a, a great opportunity for you if you want to uh, take advantage of it. So I, I just wanted to mention that uh, to you. And, Coach, now you can close us out uh, with a final comment. Well, I just want to put it out there. We got a couple of things uh, in the USC coming pretty soon. So we, we're we going to have Fan Fest on August the 20th. And mm -hmm. um, uh, that's when you can come up and get all the fall sports autographs. Uh, we do it every year, and we actually make sure that uh, we cater to our season ticket holders. So I want to look make sure that everybody look forward to that information coming out. And I think that we will start selling the LSU tickets on campus uh, probably within this next two weeks uh, uh, where we have a certain number of tickets, which we are going to start selling to the season ticket holders first uh, because we only have a limited number of lower level seats. And so we definitely want to award the ones that's uh, been uh, being faithful to, to the athletic department. And so, uh, you can look for those things to come out. The Dallas Classic is, is shaping up pretty good as well. I, I think it's going to be a lot of new excitement uh, for that game, uh, which will be early this year in September uh, in Arlington. And those tickets uh, probably will go on sale with the LSU tickets as well. And so uh, we plan on rolling those those few things out. Uh, and Fan Fest will be more of a festival this year. We wanted to grow that. We wanted to grow that event, and so we're going to be excited about announcing that in the next couple of weeks. On that note, Coach, more to talk about, but at a another time. And, and, and the next time, I'm you know I'm going to get in one of my favorite parts that those future schedules. It's easier, I think, in my opinion, with the uh, conference master schedule. But I'm more specifically wondering about some of these non-conference games, Swag Miak Challenge, all that good stuff. So I'm sure you'll be able to uh, enlighten us and give us some good news on uh, from that perspective. Yep, I look forward to it. Until next time, Coach Banks, appreciate the time. Stay safe, stay blessed, you and your family, and go Jags. Go Jags. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. All right, y'all be yes, good. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.
That was Coach Roman Banks. And, um, you know, Charles, again, I, I tried to mix and match, get in different points, different questions. I, you'd be here three hours if you if I was able to get through everything that I wanted to, uh, you know, cover with them. So uh, you saw how I maneuvered and tried to say, let's let's do this on a monthly basis. At least that's what I was – that was the point I was trying to uh, make. But um, – not an easy job, Charles. Not an easy job being a director of athletics. I mean, you personally, you have to be accountable for some things, and then you have to have a great staff that helps, and you got to count on them to help you out. You can't do it by yourself, of course. No, you can't. Um, and, and, you know, I've always liked, again, when we talked about it before he came on, I didn't know Roman. I knew Roman Banks, the basketball coach, but I didn't know Roman Banks, the administrator. And and I'm learning more and more every time I hear him speak in terms of just his temperament, you know, just his professionalism and just how he can speak on a lot of different things. And being an AD is not easy, especially in this in, in this league. Got a lot of balls in the air to juggle and just, you know, for him to be transparent. And he said it two or three times. We talked about it last week, Carlos in terms of just being transparent and letting your fans know what's going on, what's happening and what's not happening and why it's not happening. I think he's explaining that and he does a really good job with that. Just, you know, just even the whole, you know, ticket portal situation, trying to make sure all the dots are connected with that. I can speak, you know, as far as what we're dealing with at Alcorn, that's not an easy thing, putting those modules in place. I mean, it may sound easy, but you have someone like, you know, like the AD explaining how that works and how the dots are connected. Then once you get that information, you're like, oh, OK, so this is why it is what it is. So I, I like Roman Banks in terms of his transparency. Doesn't have an easy job. Um, I think the one other thing he talked about was the facility upgrades, the time frame. You ask a good question about that. And when you're talking about state funding, it is going to take time. So I think the three to five year time frame. Um, is about right now. If this, if these athletic facility upgrades were paid for privately through their foundation, it'll probably get started a little quicker than that. But because it is state money, it does take time to funnel its way through the process. And so I, that, you know, I, just for him to share that time frame, I thought it was it was a good thing. I think fans want to know in, in any school in any situation like that, when are you gonna get started? When are you gonna turn over turn over shovel the dirt? Well, three to five years sounds about right, especially in a state situation. So I like Roman Banks. I love his transparency. And I think Southern has a really good guy at Roman Banks and trying to juggle all these things as athletic director. And, and then, too, if you remember, it's kind of a partnership as well because, you know, your foundations have raised, have raised money. They're uh, the legislatures, a lot of them, the Black Caucus, Southern graduates, you know, Graham and State graduates, they've already put the mechanisms the, in place, the pieces. And you, you heard him say it, three to five years. I thought it was going to be five, ten or, or longer, but they're actually uh, can be ready to, you can get ready to see the start of it. Dirt moving, you know, construction going on. In, in, in three to five years. So different partners, uh, committees helped on this. And so, you know, you, you have to appreciate them as well. There were other 
nuggets that he dropped. And sometimes what they don't say is saying something. And I think I kind of picked out a few of them, but we'll get them back uh, shortly, real soon. Got to take a time out. Coach Petaway, I'm sure, has been waiting in the bullpen, ready to make his, <laughs> his start. So we'll give him his allotment of time, and then also uh, we'll be able to hopefully put up uh, some of the footage of uh, some of the guys that Southern got in football from the transfer reporter. Uh, for you to kind of kind of watch some of their highlights. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th to the 31st. World, what's happening? Rob Morgan here. Just letting you know, July 29th to the 31st, I'll be at Montgomery, Alabama, Urban NerdCon. Come on out. Get something signed. Take a photo, say hello, let's share some stories and create some memories, you know? So join us by visiting theurbannerdcon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. Theurbannerdcon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Somebody. You guys are live, Carlos. I, I can't hear anything. Okay. Well, we're live. Welcome back. <laughs> the show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, I guess a little behind the scenes footage. Oh, Carlos. Coach, Coach Petaway, good afternoon. Yes. Yeah, good afternoon. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Where, where are you, Coach? Destin, Florida, on the beach. Oh. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> family family, family vacation time, man. Family vacation time. We're not here since Wednesday. Oh, since Tuesday. Okay, been out here since Tuesday. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gotta love the good life, Coach. If, if, if look, if I knew you were on vacation, I could have could have um, postponed you to the next week. I tell you, you're a good, you're a champion. Coach. Hey, hey, had I, had I known Swack was having that retreat down here, I could have crashed it. <laughs> well, you know what? I just thought about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the swag people were here. I, I ran into a couple of them leaving the beach the other day. <laughs> did you see Dr. Dr. McClellan? <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. 
Oh, okay. Well, we're back. We're back. You know, that, that's that's kind of a, I guess you could say a blooper moment, Charles. <laughs> yeah. Roy had to say we're, we're, we're alive. I was looking at something else. So uh, I, I apologize for that. But hey, it's live. So you get what you get. Coach Petaway. Yes. I'm going to admit that I was wrong. The last time we talked, I said the Celtics were going to uh, win it. They did not go to the state. They are the 2020 NBA champions. Uh, your, your, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, you know, I picked Golden State, after, you know, for in the finals to win it. And I think the biggest thing is for the Celtics, their big stars didn't play. <clears throat> I mean, when you look at it, Jason Tatum let them down. Then also uh, Smart didn't have a great game. Really, none of the Celtics were consistent, especially with having the opportunity to play on their home court. But I, I just thought that Golden State went in there with a chip on their shoulder. They had multiple people helping them. Uh, Draymond Green had a bounce-back game. You know, he had his normal game where he's assisting, rebounding, and and uh, being the uh, enforcer. And then, of course, when, when you got a guy like Wiggins, who I felt should have been the MVP, not Curry, I thought Wiggins did enough in this series to win, uh, to be the uh, most valuable player. But I'm happy for Golden State. Well, I, c congratulations to Golden State. And it's interesting that you make the statement about Wiggins being the MVP. Of course, Curry uh, was the MVP. And then that brought on a lot of other conversations some side conversations some natural conversations um does this cement his legacy as a top 10 player one coach two is he one of the best or if not the best under six five players in 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 the in the game and i know a lot of this these lists are subjective they're not as objective as charles and, and roy you know, being being objective, but right. what, what is your perspective well, on? Well, I, I don't think he had to win the, the, the title to have his legacy. I think his legacy is already there. I think he'd already done enough going into this uh, finals. But uh, he's definitely top ten. He's definitely top ten in terms of six five and under. He he's the greatest shooter that the game has seen. Mm-hmm. And, and and Charles. A lot of people were talking, uh, you know, post-finals. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, uh, under 6'3", I'll put it that way. I said 6'5", and under. Stephon Curry is right there. Uh, but, man, I always look at this point, guys. We know who the champions are, but for the team that – got all the way there and didn't make it. How does it affect that team? And then going forward next year, is it even more uh, pressure slash motivation to, to, to get to that final step and win it all? Yeah, I, I think it's more motivation. I don't think it's going to be any more pressure. I, I think it's mm -hmm. just going to be motivation. Uh, mo motivation. I think these are professionals. They want to win. And they know they came up short, and so they got to do they got to do things to uh, to improve their roster, 
And I, I think the biggest thing is like one, one of, like my brother-in-law said, inexperience hurt Boston in his series. I think mm-hmm. Golden State was able to win it because, uh, you know, their nucleus, they've been there before. They've been there and done that. This is, this is these guys' first time making it to the championship. So uh, it's a learning process. You, you can't just you, – you don't just win it uh, being coming there. There are certain things that go along with it. The Golden State Warriors, they knew what to expect. Austin was feeling their way around being the first time. But they got a good group. They just need to add a couple pieces, and I think they'll be back. Charles Tatum, he's been taking a lot of heat. And you got to remember, he's still a young player. Um, Where does it put him as far as getting ready for next year? I I think the motivation will be for him to just uh, continue to get better. And as Coach Petaway said, a lot of their stars, I mean, they, they, they're they in the moment, but they just didn't quite get it done. Yeah, you know, I, I can relate to Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum's from St. Louis, by the way, uh, St. Louis. Oh, yeah. So, so that's, you know, so I can kind of – I was feeling him in, in, in that way. But, you know, this was his first finals. Um, clearly he did not have a great series, um, and he's got to own that. Um, I think Boston overachieved this year. I think when you talked about the East, you talked about the Milwaukee's and the Miami's of the world. I didn't think Brooklyn was going to get there because of the whole Katie and Kyrie stuff. I, I didn't, I didn't see that. I thought Miami, I thought Miami as well as Milwaukee would be there. So I think Boston overachieved. Um, I do think Adoka got out coached the last three games. About the biggest adjustment Golden State made when Steve Kerr benched Draymond Green after, uh, I guess it was game four. He benched him for about that five-minute period. That woke Draymond Green up. And I think, you know, Curry had a bad game and they 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 won that game. So I think, I think you know, Adoka was out coached. But as Coach said, the experience, you just can't, you just can't beat that. Um, so for Boston, I do think it's motivation, but it's going to be harder. You know, Giannis is going to be back. Your team, yeah. the Miami Heat's got to get some pieces. Like they, you know, Jimmy Butler's going to need some help. You know, so it's. I think Miami will be back. Boston uh, obviously has some work to do. You know, Brooklyn. I think with if Katie's healthy, if Kyrie gets his mind right, I think Brooklyn's going to be a tough out. So it's it's no guarantee. And the experts have said there's no guarantee Boston's going to get back here. Are they motivated? They should be, uh, but they're a young team, you know, and I think that if they don't, then it's going to be tough. Now, Charles, you said something. Coach Petaway, do you agree? Yes. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, wait a minute. I don't know. I got to ask my point. Coach, um, Boston, overachieved. I wouldn't use that word. I don't think they overachieved. They did well. They just went up against a better team in Golden State. I think I think Boston, I mean, if 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 you look at back in October when the season started, I don't know if anyone had Boston making it to the finals. I don't know no, if anyone had Boston beating Milwaukee and Miami and Brooklyn. No one had that. So yes, they did overachieve. Yeah, Brad Stevens stepped down and become Wait a minute, Charles. Nobody I, I, had I, I, Nobody had Miami um, winning it all. It was Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I, Coach Petaway, am I wrong? 
I would not use the word over cheese. Right, right. right. I, I think you, you're right when, in the sense that the prognosticators had Brooklyn or either Milwaukee. They had those two people winning the East. They did not have Miami. They didn't have Boston. But Boston jailed during the course of the year, and they had the best run after uh, during, during the second half of the season. And they peaked at the right time going into the playoffs. So that's why they – that's why they had that great run. But when you when they came up against an experienced team, we, we saw the flaws. And, and I, I just think that the mere fact that the Golden State Warriors had been there and done that, that gave them the upper hand, and that's why they were able to win that series. So it's – Carlos, Boston, Boston needs a point guard. Boston needs a point guard. Marcus Smart – as great as he is, as good as he was at times, just wasn't it just wasn't there. Boston needs a right. point guard. Where a they get that yeah. yep. a playmaker. Boston needs yep. a point guard. And they're paying Jason Tatum a ton of money, Al Horford, Jalen Brown. The Celtics gonna have to figure out how to create some space to be able to get a good quality point guard. Maybe a Damian Lillard, who's apparently once out in Portland. Whatever. Boston needs a point guard. I, I think clearly Al Horford's not getting any younger. Um, you, you got the big there out from Texas A&M, who I think is the future. But they got to get a point guard if they want to have any chance in getting back there again. Hmm. Right. I think it's a small winner. I, I think he's right. I think there's a small winner for Boston because, uh, the, you know, Horford was the difference in the, in two series for them. He, he kept them in a series. He won a series for them. And he kept him in this series. And with his age, as he's getting on up in years, that one is small for Boston. So they got to get it done. This offseason, they got to bring in some more pieces if they want to contend. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to come back. It'll be back up that Brown uh, Brown and Tatum, don't need, they don't need to be on the same team. You know, they, they ran that all season, all last year. So that'll come back up. That'll resurface. Anytime you lose... They're going to come up with all the flaws and all, all the different scenarios, and I guarantee you that I would have come back up too. Well, I, I kind of believe Brown, you know, besides his turnovers, I, I, I thought he showed up. He, he played with more heart than, uh, than, than, than Tatum. Um, Theo in the chat room says, Boston – went through three handicap teams and had to go seven games for two of them simply because of the offensive basketball IQ is poor. Wait, wait a minute, Theo. Wait a oh, minute. Oh, they got three they got handicap, handicap, handicap teams. Team. Wait a minute. What three handicap teams he's talking about? Hello, <laughs> Theo. I love you to death. Is that Miami, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee, as he said? I think he's saying oh, they had what? injuries. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> See how words play an important injuries <laughs> in handicaps. Okay, Theo, I, I, I apologize. I was yeah, like, Theo hey, yeah, Theo can't talk about them heat now. He can't talk about the heat. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yes, coach. I, I'm a fail guy. He can talk about it. But I guess I misunderstood the word. Thanks, Roy. I think who, who chimed in <laughs> on, on on that one. Um, but as we go now, we look ahead. I, I see Vegas has. Golden State, uh, a favorite. And I think, you know, it's the defending champion, they're always going to have some good numbers. 
But come on, Coach Petaway and Charles. You think Golden State, and I'll quote Charles somewhat here. Charles, didn't you say they had a two- to three-year window, but you thought they had two or three more titles in them? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, because... Hey, Charles, I, I agree I, with yeah. you. Wait a minute, Coach Bidway. You're going to have to stop agreeing with Charles. They didn't even have Wiseman this year. And if that kid comes back in two or three years, they've got a couple more runs in them, especially if they get Wiseman and they add another piece because I think uh, Equidawa will probably retire. So so they're going to have room to add a couple pieces to that roster. And, man, if they stay healthy, Golden State's problem is being healthy. If they stay healthy, they'll be back. Well, let, let me wait, let, let me say this, Carlos. Wait a minute, Charles. He said two or three titles that they can get. I understand the window. You're saying that you agree that they can get two or three more titles in a, a two or three time year period. Or four I think years. in three years. I think in three years they can come up with two more titles with that with that group together. Interesting. I say maybe one. If okay, but you're the coach though, and Charles is the no. expert as well. Go no. ahead, Charles. Hey, coach, well, well, let... they fire us. <laughs> well, oh. let me say this. Let me, you know, there's 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 a difference, and I, and I, I we talked about this last week. Okay, we all are fans of whatever team, but in today's social media world and this frenzy world that we're in in sports world. It's a difference between fandom and reality, okay? When you're a fan of a team, no matter what, that team is always gonna be on the up and up. But us, we talk reality as well. So here's the other reality that no one has talked about, and I've watched different talk shows. On that bench, there's gonna be a change. Mike Brown was their number one assistant. He is now the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. He would, oh, Mike does. Brown, if you remember, it was a defensive-minded coach. I do think Mike Brown was one of the big reasons why they won the championship. His defensive prowess and his information changed that series the last three games. So he's no longer on that, on that team. He's at Sacramento. There's going to be some adjustments on that bench. Now, you know that they have another assistant ready to step in, or maybe they'll bring in someone, but that's, that's, a, that's a big deal that no one's talking about. Right. Golden State has to improve a little bit defensively. And if they don't, a team like Phoenix, I think Phoenix is going to be their biggest challenge. Phoenix and Memphis. Memphis pushed them. They didn't play Phoenix. If Aiden doesn't sign with Phoenix, I think there's going to be a drop-off. Aiden needs to the, – the, the Suns need to pay Aiden to keep him there. you got John Moran in Memphis. That team is on the rise. That team, I think, is the biggest challenge for Golden State. So the challenge for for Golden State is to keep up or obviously they have to continue to tweak that roster, continue to pay because that luxury tax is going to be a big issue going forward. But their ownership's not afraid to pay to keep that team together. Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, they're in their low to mid-30s, low 30s. They got another three or four years. LeBron is 37. You see a tail off there. They got two or three more good years with that core. And then you got Wiseman, um, you got Poole. They have a heck of a run in them coming. I think they'll make it to at least the conference finals, if not the NBA finals, and win it again if they stay healthy. 
Boston's got yep. some other things going on, but I think there's more teams in that East that are stacked than they are in the West. Memphis, Phoenix, to me, I think Dallas is coming, um, but other Denver's coming. But other than that, I think you know there's only two teams in the West that can push Golden State, in my opinion. In the East, you got four or five teams. Philly's gonna get better. I, I think it's gonna be a challenge for Boston to get back there unless they improve and get a point guard. Right, and Charles, I agree with you about Golden State and their chances. But you, I think they have two coaches that'll be leaving. I think the own is Atkins. Uh, he's another sister yeah. that'll be leaving Golden State. And then also, uh, you failed to mention, now they got another big young post player, Kaminga. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so they, they, got, they got athletic posts that just did not get on the floor this year. But I think Wiseman is the key. And the biggest key is staying healthy. If they stay healthy, Fellas, we'll be talking about them this time again next year now. That's my belief. That's my belief. Yeah. We'll be talking about them again. Well, we can always go back and look at this show. It's a live show. The record is there now. And last thing I will bring up is the, the national prognosticators have been bringing up a good point. And I'll try to tie this in. Next year will be could be totally different, but one thing, particularly since the pandemic has hit, and maybe it's a correlation with the pandemic, but injuries. You know, no one's been healthy, and next year is not promised. If you look look at it, Miami couldn't, which is my team, could run into some problems, and then you don't get back there, or at least get make a run deep into the playoffs. So, coach. Petaway, how impactful will injuries be? And I'm just not talking about major injuries, but even, you know, soft tissue issues, muscles, quads. And any time that can throw you off, and I understand a lot of players play hurt. That's part of the game. But it brings up the dialogue with uh, Anthony Davis. And, you know, the video surfaced that he hadn't picked up a basketball since April. And that just put everybody in an uproar. As a coach, Coach Petaway, what is that perspective with the injuries and then with um, Anthony Davis and all of the uh, pushback that he's been getting because he says he's just trying to, I guess, rest? Well, the big thing is that even in, in the collegiate ranks, when you have an injured player, they need to get healthy first. They need to get their bodies back first before you start getting on the court. Because if you don't give your your surgery or your injury a time to heal, then it's gonna it's gonna let it's gonna carry on. So I don't have a problem with him not picking up a basketball. That means to me, all that's saying to me, he's not healthy enough to do it yet. You know that there'll be a time. They you know they got professionals helping him now. He's not doing this on his own. He's got people advising him, so they'll probably advise him not to pick up that ball or do anything. Get healed first. And even the guys that are in the playoffs now, you take these guys, they're not going to touch a ball for a while. They're going to let their bodies heal. They're going to let their minds heal. Then they'll get back for starting for next year. So that, that's what you got to keep in mind. Injuries are going to play a great part in any championship season. That, you know, if you go look back over the the uh, the, the, the 
the championships that have been won over the years, the teams that stayed healthy, the healthiest, were the ones that came out on top. So that's a part of the game in the NBA, part of the game on the collegiate level. You've got to be healthy. So uh, they got to prepare their bodies in the offseason for the rigors of the NBA and for the collegiate season. So that's a part of it, and we as coaches have to make that adjustment. Wow. Pat Riley just texted me and said he agrees with you, but in Miami, <laughs> Hero, if he wants to start, and he's come out publicly and said that he's got to be a two-way player. In other words, he's got to get better on the defensive side, Coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. They want in Miami. You got to play that dog. You got to have that dog in you. Yeah. Well, 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 well ahead, Charles, Charles, for me, you know, the whole Anthony Davis thing, if I was Anthony Davis, I never would have said I hadn't picked up a basketball since April. I wouldn't have said that, first of all. You know, Social media. you have a Laker. I know, I, I know. I mean, I wouldn't have said that. You know, right now, there's you talk about pressure. Lakers are under pressure. You know, you got LeBron. I saw him working out in New York trying to keep his game sharp. You got Anthony Davis just came out and said he ain't picked up a basketball. I get all that, but I wouldn't have said that. You got Darvin Ham just coming in. You got the whole – you got the whole Russell Westbrook or Westbrook situation. You know, he was at the press conference. Some people felt like he shouldn't have been there and all that. So, you know, I, I, I think for uh, I think for Anthony Davis, I would not have said that. You know, that wouldn't that didn't pick up a basketball. I think we understand that he probably didn't, but I wouldn't have said it. I mean, it's just that's just the way it that's just the way it works. But I think, you know, the whole pressure of trying to win and stay healthy. You know, Golden State. You know, you had you had Clay Thompson. He was just coming back from it after missing two years after two serious injuries. You know, you got an eighty-two game schedule. You know, some people feel like it's too many games. You know, some people feel like you should reduce the schedule. You know, but I think this is where this load management comes in. Every team's doing it. Every team is a part of it to try to keep their players fresh and healthy. And I think the ones that are making it work are making it work. The ones that are, are not. You know, the injuries do happen, and there's no good time for an injury. Just got to play through it. Um, you know, Williams did against for Boston. He played through an injury, and he wasn't 100%, but he played through it. So I think it's just a part of the game, and it's just unfortunate, you know, when you have your superstars not available. Miami was a part of that. Milwaukee was a part of that. And so it's, it's just an unfortunate situation when those things happen. On that note, Coach, I'm gonna let you get back to enjoying that beautiful beach. I've, I've only been to Destin one time, and it wasn't for the swag meetings. <laughs> it was for a All wedding, right. and uh, you uh, you take care. Safe travels back, and look, we'll we'll uh, talk next week. And I'm working on a special guest to reunite with you. Okay. All right, that'll so, work. That'll work. Well, look, uh, you all stay safe. And God bless. Thank you, Coach. Happy Father's, Day. Happy Father's Day for all you fathers out there. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. Right. That was Coach right, Van Penway joining us from Destin, Florida, on the beach. Let me I'm take jealous. Uh, well, I understand. <laughs> yeah, this good. I'm trying to get back. Let me do this now. If you're interested in going into a to Jamaica, let me know. I want to have a, a trip back to Jamaica. Oh, boy, I just love it. <laughs> On that note, let me take a quick time out. When we come back, 
uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, show you a little bit of footage from uh, the transfer portal, the guys that Southern picked up uh, this past week. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. For 200, for 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. That is a classic tune. We are one. We are one. And we are. We are. If we look at <laughs> family, we are. Charles, I like to for Southern to beat Alcorn. I like for them to beat Jackson State, Alabama, and them. Prairie View, Texas Southern, Mississippi Valley State, FAMU, Bethune, Cookman, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, everybody. But at the end of the day, we are one and as you heard coach banks in the show talking about some good things are coming and uh i kind of talk with uh well talk text with the commissioner dr mcclellan and uh we're gonna look forward to having him uh back on 
on the Carlos Brown show. I think it would be the first time, though, since the move to the, the Black College Sports Network, which is very shortly will be a one-year anniversary. It's coming up on a year, making the move over to uh, Black College Sports Network. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want to thank uh, Roy, Brian, A.D., uh, Dr. Cavill, all of those, the engineers as well for, uh, you know, hey, making uh, it a smooth transition to the Black College Sports Network. Uh, let me do this before we get to uh, some of the footage. I want to recognize everybody who's watching. Uh, good afternoon now. Johnny Johnson, uh, Edwin Moore, Varick Williams, Michael Cavalier, uh, Chuck Hunt, Theo. I almost uh, charged up on uh, Theo about uh, the three teams handicap, but I was so emotional. <laughs> wasn't meaning it in a negative way. But if he did, he has a right. It's an opinionated show. Uh, Sean Perkins, Tori Williams, Michael Lee, Jamar Scott. Good afternoon, Mr. Scott. Uh, who else? Uh, Terrence Graves was watching. But once again, thanks to uh, everybody uh, who is watching and then tuning in. I appreciate uh, the support. Court. With that being said, uh, Jordan Carter transferred in to Southern University. Coach Dooley and them, they're hot in the staff. Um, defensive back from Boise State, he transferred in to uh, Southern University. Uh, Dimitri Marcel from Boise State in the transfer portal has committed to Southern University. And then Braxton Blackwell. Long snapper, specialist. He's at Southern University now. Let me see some highlights here coming coming up. Uh, quarterbacks rolling out. Oh boy, look at there, Charles. But when you look at it, Coach Dooley, not only Southern, but a lot of teams in the conference, they have utilized the transfer portal. Yep. I mean, that, that, Hey, this is, this is the way to go. I mean, you know, you and I are kind of dinosaurs. We thought maybe coaches would just come in, build a program, get a bunch of freshmen, hope they stick and stay, you know, a la, you know, back in the nineties with Steve McNair, you know, from a freshman all the way to a senior, you build a team around them, or like Alcorn did with John Gibbs, you know, four years started in this league at quarterback. But that's not that's not happening now. That's not the reality nowadays. You know, you got coaches holding scholarships, trying to get in the portal and get kids out of the portal and offer them a scholarship. It's 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 done. That's that's the new way of doing business. And Coach Dooley is 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 doing that, as, as you see in some of these highlights. Alcorn's doing it. Um, you know, I post stuff on social media all the time. So, players that are transferring in. So this is this is the way it is now. The pressure to win almost immediately, um, getting kids from the portal. There's so many kids in the portal now, quality kids from FBS programs and others that immediately. And that, that's what you're seeing. That's what you saw at Jackson State in terms of what, what they've been able to do in a short period of time. And other teams are trying to 
play catch up. And, uh, you know, Southern University is doing that. Every team's doing that. And that's just the way business is done now in collegiate athletics. Yeah, and I think you got to mix and match. Um, not only are you looking at the athletic ability, but is, is that uh, student athlete, is he in good academic standards? Then you almost kind of got to do like a background check on him. What does he bring yeah. to your team and even on the team, but from off the field perspective? So you got to be a good person, you know, and, and, and that is so important uh, nowadays. Uh, but I still believe you have to get those freshmen that come into your program and, you know, you help them to get better as an athlete academically as well. So uh, in an interview with Coach Dooley, he said, you just, you, you know, you got to kind of pick your pieces and it's got to be a good, good fit. But uh, Southern has been able to uh, do that so far in the transfer portal. Uh, again, uh, Jordan Carter, Demetri and Marcel, and then uh, Braxton Blackwell. And, and Roy, if we can pull up um, uh, Blackwell, and also uh, uh, Marcel, as far as their highlights, if we, if we can. This is Marcel going now. We didn't have okay. the Blackwell one. Okay. Well, uh, Blackwell, he was a long snapper, and, and that has been a real uh, spot of concern for many in the Jaguar Nation. But um, as Coach Graves told me, that was – that part was going to get settled. And I had the utmost confidence in Coach Graves, who's a, a special team coach at Southern University as well, to get things done. So what you saw in the spring was actually Ethan Howard being the long snapper. He had some experience in doing it, but from my understanding, it was from high school. So, you know, they've gotten it taken care of. And if you see this whole team, they're, they're putting it together they identified needs, and they went out and got those needs. They addressed that. So as you can see, uh, the, the kids from uh, Bowie State, championship pedigree on a Division II level, CIAA experience in the Division II playoffs, you know, they went up against the Valdosta State. So I, I think they come in. They'll have to earn it because it's competition. But as you can see, they're going to bring a championship pedigree uh, to the football program and, and, and just an e excellent uh, pickup for those three players. And then there's another player we'll talk about next week that transferred in from the Baton Rouge area, Glen Oaks High School, transferring from Alabama and them. So with that being said, Charles, all of this is putting together the piece of the pie, putting together a team. And now you have to put that together. I know people will talk about, well, how will they blend together? Will the chemistry be where it needs to be? But hey, the coaches and the coaching staff, that's their job. And hey, you address needs. Wants versus needs. They came in and they looked at the program when they got there and they immediately knew 
that they had to make some upgrades. And I think that is what they're continuing to do. This weekend, next weekend, still, I'm hearing bringing in some uh, concentrating on O-line and D-line. And so I'll, I'll end it on this, Charles. You go back and look at Coach Richardson, what he did. And when he came into the program at the height, they were able to put out a two deep team. And then the drop off, it wasn't a big drop off from the first unit to the second unit. And in my humble opinion, I think that's the lesson that Coach Dooley is trying to put with this program. You know, you, you play your starters, then you put in that second unit, but you don't have a, a big drop off. And then in the fourth quarter, you're able to put those starters, they're fresh in the fourth quarter, at least is what, what, what I'm, I'm trying to uh, attempt to say. Um, but we'll see. This fall is going to be an exciting time football-wise, and uh, the pressure is going to be on. Who's going to win it? We'll find out. The prognosticators at Swag Media Day, they're going to give their predictions, and then we'll – analyze their predictions. How about that, Charles? <laughs> yeah, you know, quickly, I like what Coach Dooley is. I mean, I like the hire to begin with. You know, this 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 coach was representing the West in the SWAG championship game at Prairie View. So he comes in on a on a high note from a winning perspective. I think the hires that he's made on the staff were very popular to, to my from my vantage point for the Jaguar Nation, bringing some Louisiana flavor in, some Southern flavor. And now you look at the talent that he's bringing in, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a challenge, you know, if, if all the pieces come together and they fit right, you know, when all corn rolls in there sometime in September, that's going to be one of the big games of the year in the Western division. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to send a message, you know, the Braves, you know, their players are going to be coming in here in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, I think that that's just going to add to the excitement come media day. And once, once the fall rolls around, just one of many, Great storylines coming up for this upcoming year. And, you know, I look and I focus. Alcorn, Coach McNair, who I think is probably the top coach in the conference, I'm not going to sleep on Alcorn. Because, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are talking about, you know, Jackson State. Of course, I understand that. But those behind the scenes, they worry me the most. I know who Jackson State is. And by the way, it doesn't matter. I, I was telling Charles Bishop this week, it don't matter what the record is. It don't matter. When those two teams get together, it's going to be a fight, a literal fight. So you look forward to that. But the other teams, all calling, I'm not sleeping on all court. Not sleeping on Alabama and them. FAMU, definitely, definitely not. So, hey. It's going to be one on the field. That's the bottom line. On that note, I want to thank, of course, Charles Edmund, Coach Roman Banks, Coach Van Petaway, Roy, producer of today's show, each and every one of you who uh, watched today's show. I appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe to the Black College Sports Network. And again, the these shows, you can hear the audio part on every social media platform we appreciate uh the support charles father's day juneteenth 
Father's Day, you lost your father. I lost my father. I lost my younger brother who uh, was a father. So to all of the uh, fathers out there, and, and I always like to put it this way, biological and even non-biological, because there, there are stepdads that have stood in and took the place of dads who were not there for whatever reason, maybe death. But um, this point, this time, you always reflect on those who have joined the ancestors in the spiritual realm. And that's the way I like to put it. And they are never, Charles, they are never, never away from you. Physically, they may be, but spiritually. And that's what the ancestors said, the ancient Africans, they're like physics. They're always with you. Physics can never be destroyed. It just changes. So they are there. Charles, final comment. I agree with you. You know, uh, my father lost my father three years ago, and you know he's he's always in my heart and soul. And uh, God, you know, rest in peace, and you know, happy Father's Day, happy Juneteenth to everyone out there. Be safe and stay cool. I'm gonna now take a little bit of rest, enjoy the rest of my day, and guess what? Watch a little college baseball, and then I'm gonna let you in a little secret. The franchise watches Lifetime. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> to everyone, until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless. <laughs>